What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast. It's episode 35. Time to get your money right. And when we're talking about money, we're definitely talking about currency sometimes. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. dollar. Is it doomed as the reserve currency? So that'll be the uh, first topic we're going to take down. Uh, what's topic number two? Yeah, we got to get into our mindset piece, Leo. Why uh, a relentless mindset creates extraordinary success. Ooh, yeah, we're going to talk about it uh, in regards to what I learned in watching the Covenant film and and how this relentless thing pays off over and over again in life, but most people don't have it. And then, Ty, what's going on in sports? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot going on in sports, Leo. Well, uh, you know. we, we only care about one sport. <laughs> yeah, we follow the NFL, maybe a little bit of hockey, but we're, we're going to talk about the NFL releasing their schedules, some some new exciting games, a Black Friday special, um, and sounds like there's a new way to watch NFL Sunday tickets. Oh, so. that's good news. Good news, because that other way was a pain in the ass. Yep. And our mastery topic, how the Air Jordan movie breaks down the genius strategies that made Nike billions and just what kind of, I mean, they came up, they were scrappy, they were the underdog, especially in the basketball shoe situation, the basketball world in the 80s. And if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it, especially if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and you want to see... How do you go get, you know, the big name client? How do you have the vision? How do you focus on being customer centric? And so that one's going to be fun. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Guys, you're probably wondering where we've been. Well, last week, uh, we were out of the office, had a a little uh, company retreat. And so each year for our top performers, we like to take them on a little getaway. Uh, last year, we took, uh, took them to Mexico to Playa del Carmen. Amazing uh, uh, hotel resort right there on the beach. Amazing time there. And this year, we thought we'd do something different. Ty, tell everybody a little bit about what we did last week and, and what, uh, why it's so important to really take great care of your high performers and have this type of reward. Yeah, so this year we we took our crew to Orlando. Um, we have a couple Airbnbs right there in, in the Kissimmee area, few few miles from parks, 10, 15 minutes from Disney and whatnot. And so uh, we went out for five, six days, went to Universal as a crew, went to Disney as a crew, played some golf, had a beach day. Um, it, it's really important to spend some time, you know, especially with these top performers, Live with them outside of the office. Show them that you care. Get to know their significant others. Get to know what drives them, what motivates them, what excites them. Watch them come out of their shells. I mean, I, I saw Jillian do "It Wasn't Me" by Shaggy at Poolside Karaoke. There we go. I never would have expected that. It so it, it just helps you come together as a team. It, it helps you care about one another. It <laughs> helps you love one another. Stuff. So I think it is a very important, that, especially if you can afford it financially, to. Award those that are, you know, overachieving, and it helps those that aren't overachieving, that are struggling, strive for something. Because I know those that were staying here back at the office were, 
we're definitely a little bummed out that they couldn't go, and hopefully it, it lights a, a flame, lights a fire there where they can uh, really strive to get there next year. Absolutely. You know what my favorite part of uh, that trip was? It wasn't taking everybody to Universal and the Velocicoaster as fast as that is. It wasn't uh, the Hulk uh, roller coaster where I blacked out from the front uh, row. That was pretty wild. It wasn't, you know, hitting all those Disney parks and the fireworks at the end of the day. It, it, uh, it wasn't my favorite thing in that entire trip was when we all got together at that uh, kind of the, the sand volleyball courts right there at the clubhouse in this community that we've got these B&B properties at. And everybody came over, and we kind of had these different teams. And if you won, you, you got to keep on playing. And that was just so much fun because something about top performers says that they are kind of innately competitive. They like to win. They like the challenge. And so I really really loved that uh i mean we were playing until until dark until it got so dark that you know we couldn't see the ball and people were going to get hurt with the, the spikes in the face and that was just so much fun everybody regardless of your skill was out there competing and having a great time luckily it stopped raining in time to where we could all get together and i think it's important when you can get everybody in those situations where there's a little friendly competition even if you're not the best athlete in the world and so I loved seeing everybody kind of compete and have a good time and talk a little bit of, you know, not not too bad, but a little bit of smack uh, in between. Of course, my wife was on the other side, and she was uh, hitting fireball serves uh, at my face. But um, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That. No, that that was that was a great time. I, I agree. That was one of the highlights there. And outside of, like like we said, getting people to come out of their shells and, and seeing who they are outside of the office is, is definitely a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, and those things are, you know, emotional and they drive people and, and it's good. It's good that not everybody could go because top performers need to be rewarded. And then, yeah, hopefully, like you said, it lights a fire under the entire team so that they can make it to the next, you know, corporate uh, getaway that we do next year. And, and then, you know, it's important to have kind of those, uh, you know, quarterly or semi-annual get-togethers. So we'll have to start uh, figuring out, talk to Marie, what we're going to do for the summer. we got to do something fun and, uh, and get everybody together for a little, uh, little activity for the summer. But that said, guys, let's jump into topic number one, which is our money topic. Guys, this is a little bit of a weird one, but you've seen it in the news, right? You've seen it. Oh, the U.S. dollar is, is in massive trouble. And, and what does uh, that mean for us as business owners? What does that mean for us as U.S. citizens? Obviously, you know, we believe in capitalism and freedom and all of this foundation that allows us to be able to pursue our dreams. And, uh, you know, if you've ever lived in another country or been there for a long period of time, um, you know, especially maybe a third world country, boy, you come back with a lot of respect and a lot of gratitude for the country that you live in. So uh, the, this is there's articles all over the place about is the U.S. dollar doomed as the world's reserve currency? And I guess the first question that we probably should answer is, why is it even important that the U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency, and why does it even matter? And I've done a lot of research and, and study on this, and you guys are seeing this in all sorts of different uh, videos and articles in the news. And the interesting thing about the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency is most countries and governments, like, for example, uh, Greece, where, uh, where my dad's uh, you know, family uh, came from to come to America, or Argentina, where my aunt is from, those two countries are two countries that actually defaulted on their, their, their currency bonds. 
And what happens is in countries, even ours, where you spend a lot of money as a government, usually what ends up happening is at some point inflation goes up so high and your currency gets devalued so much that it's no longer worth anything. And then you end up defaulting because you've debased your currency. Basically, you just printed a lot of money and it screws your currency. Simple as that. So the cool thing about being, the, or maybe not the cool thing, depending on your point of view, about the U.S. dollar being the global reserve currency, which it has been since the end of World War II back in 1945, is that if you do print a lot of money because you're the world's reserve currency, it doesn't hurt your currency or economy nearly so bad because the whole world is using it. But there's a big risk now because we are starting to see a push that maybe the U.S. is going to lose its global reserve currency. Ty, you know, what have you seen about this uh, in the news or out and about? Have you seen anything about this? And, and uh, what do you think people think about this. I mean, the average business owner, we've got so many things to worry about. We really don't have time to worry about, is the U.S. dollar going to lose its reserve currency? But it is kind of a big deal. If it does, it'll affect all of us. But you know, what, what do you think people are thinking and small business owners are thinking about that? Like you said, I, I mean, unless you're in that specific industry, I, I don't think people are really thinking about it all that much. I think the news definitely needs things to talk about. It needs things to try and scare people about and so I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. At the end of the day, the research I've done is the mere fact that it's still by far the most commonly accepted currency across the world. It's not really there's not a massive threat. It seems like and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't done a ton of research. It seems no, you're, like you're actually right on. Okay. The the greatest threat to this to this point has been cryptocurrency, but there's since then been a lot of regulations and slowdowns and cryptos really fall in, but it seems like the greatest threat to our currency being the, the reserve currency was cryptocurrency. But, you know, that's to the extent I haven't done a ton of research, but as long as it's still the most commonly accepted, the most commonly used, and frankly, the most trusted, I, I can't think of another currency that across the world that I trust more than the US dollar to continue to to prevail. So, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly right. And so I was asking uh, ChatGPT, and then I was asking, have you heard of, have you heard of Bard? We're probably going to have to do an episode. Maybe we'll do an episode about uh, Bard on Thursday. But Bard is Google's version of ChatGPT and AI. Oh, okay. And uh, so I was watching the, the All In podcast, and these guys are, you know, billionaire tech investors, just super smart, um, you know, entrepreneurs and they they were doing a little demo on bard and i'd heard a little bit about bard it's google's ai thing and interestingly enough i think in a lot of ways it may actually be better than chat gpt which is interesting one of the issues with chat gpt is if you ask questions like hey you know uh for example u.s currency what's the uh um, biggest uh which you which global currency is used in most transactions across the world and so you ask that to ChatGPT, and it's like, well, my data ends in September of 2021. Even version 4 does of ChatGPT. But if you ask Bard, it's like up to date hmm. as of today because it's so integrated in with Google and everything that Google's built out. So that was kind of interesting. So I ask Google, well, who is the number one currency in the world and based on all the transactions happening? And they're like, the majority of them are the U.S. dollar. And it's anywhere from 60 to 88%, depending on which category. If it's a category of actual like foreign currencies being transferred, it's 88%. If it's 
what percent of central banks, like every country has a central bank, like ours is the Fed, that you know decides on the interest rates and what they're going to be. But uh, all the central banks in the world hold 60% of their assets in U.S. dollars, including their own, right? And so that means that still it's by far number one. Number two is you, a lot of people would think it's China. It's not. It's the euro. And then number three is China, which is maybe 2 or 3%, even though it's the second largest economy in the world, because the government doesn't let their currency out and they don't let their residents move their money out of China very often because they want to control it and keep it all in-house, that makes it very unattractive. And so really, you're right, it's, uh, it's cryptocurrency is one of the biggest uh, – you know, potential competitors for the U.S. dollar, but even that—that that would mean you would have to be doing business in crypto. Yeah, and you still don't really Which do a lot business. Of, and in that's crypto. where the fear was. A lot of people predicted that's where we were going. Like you could buy cars with Bitcoin, like yeah. completely leaving the dollar behind. But I just don't see that the government won't allow it. Yeah, it can't. Yeah, government won't allow it. But I love the idea of it. I love the idea of hey, let's go buy something and you know Ethereum or Bitcoin or what whatever. You know whatever uh, cryptocurrency there is. So then, so then the other thing that you've been hearing a lot of is, oh, everyone's going to move to the Chinese renminbi. Renminbi is, is I think I say their their global currency. And then if it's inside China, it's the Chinese yuan with a Y. But they, there was this thing about Saudi Arabia was going to start doing uh, oil business with China in Chinese currency, and so that was uh, coming about. But even then, it's still such a small percentage. So. I just don't see with Chinese uh, communist government, it's very unlikely to become the world's reserve currency. And if it doesn't become it, then who? No one else is going to. Yeah, I mean, to be the world's reserve currency, you need to have vast majority of the trust across the world. And I don't yes. see 80% of these other countries ever trusting China. So. No, you can't even trust China's uh, numbers that they give out. No. Uh, one number I just saw that was crazy is uh, Chinese uh, 20-year-olds population, everyone in their 20s. Twenty uh, percent of them are unemployed in China. How mm. crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, it's fact of matter. This, if you go around even our office, you go to our twenty-five, thirty different employees and say, you know, what's the currency in China? I would argue that less than five percent of our employees could even tell you what the currency is. I bet most of them could tell you the currency in Europe. But if you went to a classroom or a business in Europe, or a classroom or a business in China, or even Guatemala, and said, what's the currency? The U.S. uses, I bet, every single, 95% of them say the U.S. dollar. It's just, it's out there. It's commonly known. It's trusted. And that's that's what matters right now. You know, one of the principles that we live by, and this is on our wall, is control what you can control. And so there's always something crazy happening in the news, whether you're worrying about World War III with Russia and Ukraine or China and Taiwan, or you're worried about the U.S. losing its global currency. All of those things are like well beyond our control. But what can we control? We can control what we do as business owners, as entrepreneurs, and control our world, right? We can deliver better value to our customers and clients. We're going to talk about this uh, this Nike film and how they were focused on that. We can create a great culture within our team. And that was what was so awesome about the corporate retreat, retreat we did last week is you could just feel the culture and, and listen to – I just sat and listened to people talk about it, what it's like uh, to work – at seven figures and just a lot of positive things. Of course, not perfect. A lot of 
things we're always trying to improve on and make changes. But those are the things that we can control. You can control what happens in your home. You can control the values and principles that your children and, and that you and, and your spouse are are teaching them like those are things w- that we can control and so if you're if you control what you can control and you and excellence and that high standard and, and participation trophies are not a part of what we do those are the things that you can actually make a big difference and so the more of us that are doing those things and that's one thing i hear too is there's all this talk that the u.s is in decline and that everything um, you know, obviously a lot of our schools don't teach that we're the best country in the world anymore. They teach some of these uh, different uh, things that I, you know, may be true in, in some um, aspect, but certainly aren't. Uh, it just doesn't even pay attention or give credit to all of the good things. And out of all the countries that have had the opportunity to take over other countries and have almost always, you know, tried to help others, no one's done a better job of that than the United States. So. Yeah, amen, amen. And last, you know, what can we do to prepare outside of that? People want more of a, a clear-cut, straight answer. Like, if you actually believe the dollar is disappearing and we're doomed, I mean, buy things that hold value in whatever currencies out there and taking over, buy things like gold and, and property that doesn't matter if it's the euro, the pound, whatever it may be, you can sell gold for whatever currency you need at that time. So, Yep, uh, the top three would probably be gold, real estate, and, and crypto. Yeah, those would, those would be your top three. And crypto looks like it's maybe poised for another uh, run-up, so we'll see what happens. All right, mindset. Why a relentless mindset creates extraordinary success. I just want to share this story. So if you haven't seen the Covenant film, I highly recommend you do it. So here's here's the story, Ty. So this um, this guy, he's been in the military. This is his fourth tour in Afghanistan. Of course, you, you guys know that we the U.S. was in Afghanistan from 2001 to what was it, uh, 2021, uh, when we had that really bad exit of uh, Afghanistan. But so this guy had done four tours, and this is based on a lot of true stories. And one of the key factors in helping uh, the U.S. to have any kind of success in Afghanistan, whatever you want to measure, was these interpreters. Because no one spoke the language, very few, I mean, how many U.S. citizens or people in the military would actually study um, whatever they speak in Afghanistan, not very many. And so they would have these interpreters, and these interpreters would help them to find the Taliban and those that were, you know, uh, killing the democracy they were trying to build in Afghanistan and, and uh, you know, killing just they, – they're, they're just killing. I mean, that, that's just kind of what authoritarian people do and authoritarian governments. And so they were trying to kick the Taliban out of that, which was some – somewhat related to 9-11 and, and connected to Saudi Arabia's uh, people who were part of the Taliban, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so this guy's there, and they're trying to find where they make all these IUDs, all these uh, explosive devices that just are killing U.S. soldiers. So that's their job. So they go and they find that there's this big place that's manufacturing these I, IEDs, not IUDs. IUDs. <laughs> IEDs. That's the pregnancy. Independent explosive devices, not uh, the IUDs that, uh, you know, help prevent birth. Contraceptives. Yeah. Right. Um, and so they go to there, they find it, and they're super excited. And then apparently... Um, the bad guy, the Taliban knew they were coming. So the Taliban sends all these, uh, uh, groups against them. And basically the guy played by Jake Gyllenhaal, John Kinsley, his entire unit is ambushed and killed. And the only one that survives it is him and his interpreter played by this guy named Dar Salim, who's an amazing actor. So they're 62 miles away from the U S base. And it's mountainous terrain. If they go on the roads, they're going to be killed easily. So they're going over these mountains and this 
wilderness trying to survive and they've made it a couple days and uh, they wake up uh, one morning and they're kind of sur- and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is surrounded and he gets uh, bludgeoned in the head and so he's basically knocked out and out of it and he's shot in the like the arm and the leg and he's not doing well and so they're they're, they're keeping him alive to make an example whatever they're going to do and then his interpreter um, is hiding and he comes out and he kills the, this group. There's like four or five of them. And he puts Jake Gyllenhaal's character on like this, uh, you know, kind of like this, uh, this rack. Like what, what would you, what would you describe that as? Like, you know, when, when the ER comes like and like thing. a gurney type thing, it puts him on like a makeshift gurney, just made of like wood and branches, throws him on that. And he's dragging him around for days. And, and sometimes he'll, uh, soldiers will find him from the Taliban, and he'll have to fight them and kill them. And so literally it takes him weeks, and he's trying to find water and food, and he's 60 miles, and he's probably going like three to five miles a day, and he's dragging a dude who weighs 200 pounds the whole way. And that just like was the the story of being relentless. Like he relentlessly, and, and he's doing it because, yeah, he cares about uh, – you know, the this U.S. soldier that he's worked with for months. But at the end of the day, he also cares about his wife and, and baby, and he wants them to be able to come to the U.S. and live a better life. So it's kind of two different things that are driving him, but he's super relentless about it, and he eventually gets Jake Gyllenhaal there, and then Jake Gyllenhaal comes back to the U.S., uh, eventually recovers, and he's like, we promised to get this guy a visa and get his family out of the country, and it's all this enormous red tape. He eventually finds a guy who he had saved his life. Jake Gyllenhaal's character saved his life eight years earlier. They get the visas, and Jake Gyllenhaal mortgages his home for 150 grand and pays his own money to have this military group help them um, get this guy and his family out of the country. And he goes there, and what you have to watch the movie to see what happens. I won't spoil it for you, but amazing. And so for me, it's just like this mindset of being relentless. That's what it means. A guy who's dragging a guy weighs 200 pounds, up and down these mountains, 60 miles, probably took him two weeks to do it, barely surviving with water and food, just exhausted. And sometimes that's what it takes to succeed in business as an entrepreneur. And I feel like if you can go that extra mile for your client or for your team or for a strategic partner, that type of relentless effort will produce incredible results, but very few will. So yeah, and you, you notice again we come back to this, Leo. I I haven't seen this movie, but it sounds like oh you got to see it. He he went through all this. He did whatever <laughs> it takes to accomplish what he was set out to accomplish. And guess what? It wasn't that instant gratification. My guess is it took no. quite some time before his family was actually able to to come back and and start months. a new life. Yeah, it was months, and and they had to jump through all these hoops, and they could have died a million times. <laughs> you know, to try and get to, to the U.S. And he could have walked away and just left Jake Gyllenhaal's character there to die, and I'm going back to my family. Yeah. And uh, it was such a, a well-known thing that he was able to survive that the entire Taliban was hunting him and his family for months after that. So he's having to hide and scrimp by and, and just find food wherever he can and, and people who will help him. And just an incredible story. Definitely recommend that film. All right, guys, let's jump into our sports segment. NFL schedules have been released, and there's a lot of big things uh, going on. 
with the NFL. Break this down and unpack it for us, Ty. What are what's going on with the NFL in 2023? Yeah, schedules got released, which is obviously very very exciting and uh finally we are done with uh direct tv having to have direct tv or a student to be able to watch oh nfl sunday ticket youtube tv finally picked that up thank you youtube we appreciate you um so you can now get youtube tv and be able to get every single nfl out of network game um and with that they've been able to get a little bit more creative like black friday games thursday games um nfl their the germany game i miami and germany. kansas city oh that's gonna be a good in, one in, Frankfurt so that's going to be awesome and that's probably one of the only reasons why I don't give Miami the toughest schedule because we're supposed to be on the road at Kansas City but we happen to draw the the Germany game so we get to play Kansas City in Germany but when you look at these schedules Leo the AFC is absolutely loaded Um, and so when you break down who's got the toughest schedule what it comes down to is who's the best team in the AFC East and whoever's the best team in the AFC East, the second or third best team in the AFC East has to have the hardest schedule, period. Reason why is the AFC East is obviously loaded. You've got three teams that people are saying are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. You've got Buffalo, Miami, and I disagree, but the Jets. Um, the AFC East this year plays everyone in the AFC West, which you've got Kansas City, obviously Super Bowl champs. You've got the Chargers, who people think are very, very, very they good. They are very dangerous. You've got Denver, who brought in Sean Payton, and everyone thinks that Russ Wilson is going to have a, a comeback year for the ages. And then you've got the Raiders, who obviously are going to be pretty bad this year. Um, so AFC East has to play the AFC West. But not only that, we've got the, uh, the NFC East. So we have to play Philadelphia. We have to play Dallas. We have to play New York. So it's it's a really, really tough schedule. That being said, I would say that Buffalo probably has the toughest schedule this season, being that they've obviously played Miami twice. Do you think Buffalo improved? No. I don't think, they, I think they're in. No. I think they're in a decline, which no. is unfortunate because Josh Allen is a tremendous talent. And Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're, they're still a really good team. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're – they're a really, really good, scary team, but they didn't get any better, and a lot of teams around them that they're going to have to play twice this year did get better. Um, Kansas City yeah, got better. Uh, Cincinnati got better. I just don't see Buffalo really going beyond maybe the first round, but that being said, they they probably have the toughest schedule of anyone this year. So who would you, just based off of what we're seeing, top three coming out of the AFC going in to the fall of I guess it's September 7th, I think, is uh, when it all starts on a Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, top teams, come, oh, the AFC's hard. There's literally six or seven teams, I could say. But um, Kansas City, obviously, number one. Yep. I'm probably going Cincinnati. I would. Number two, and I'd probably – that's where three gets hard. Number three could be the Chargers, could be the Dolphins, could be the Ravens, could be the Bills, could technically be the Jets. I – I think it's the Dolphins. I think it's the Dolphins. They got a lot better. I think it's the Dolphins. Yeah, but uh, and there's there's a Aaron Rodgers may not realize this, but I I mean there's a big there's a lot of learning curve when you go into a new offense, a new team, new personnel. I mean, this is first time doing it. Maybe he'll be seamless like Tom Brady, but I tend to think it's probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment there. Yeah, and uh, Buffalo, I think, has declined. I think they've gotten worse. 
he doesn't get to play the Bears twice this year. Baltimore, I think, <laughs> is the same team they've always been. They're going to get some wins, maybe get into the playoffs, but they're not going to go far enough, and they're not, they don't have enough offense. And uh, San Diego, I, I guess that's maybe the one wild horse. Yeah. But yeah. it seems like their defense lets them down all the time, so yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing it. I mean, if Bosa stays healthy, they've got Bosa. They've got, they do. They've got Khalil Mack on the other side. I mean, Van Noy had a good year. That's Irwin right. no, James. They've got a secondary. lot of talent. Jesse, no, you're yeah, right. So it's kind of like if the defense puts it together, they could be extremely dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for this season. Yeah, There's, that's going to be fun. It's going to be well, a lot All right, fun. dude. So, so tell us, like, you've been to a lot of NFL stadiums, and one of your bucket list goals is to go to all of them. So which ones are, are you looking at uh, taking a visit to in 2023? Yeah, you know, there, there's a couple that I've got on the radar, and I've got to get to SoFi. It's just, I was going to say, that is a sweet-looking Yeah, stadium. I, coming into it, was planning to go to Kansas City because I'd, I'd love to see Arrowhead. I haven't that been would there be fun, yet, yeah. but, again, it's in Frankfurt now, so yeah, going to have to wait on that one. But, yeah, I'll probably go to SoFi and then – We've got a rep that's moving out to Tampa, and I already told him I'm coming out to Raymond James. So won't be a Dolphins game, but still. That'll be nice. Yeah, it's a nice. Definitely nice not area. going back to MetLife. That was terrible. Yeah, last year we hit up uh, Cowboys Stadium, uh, watched Tom Brady. That was fun. We dropped by uh, the Jets uh, the year before, and then you guys went to uh, you went to San Francisco, right? Yeah, which was Levi Stadium. Beautiful stadium, terrible game. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That was a tough game. We scored on like the second play of the game and didn't score again. So it was a tough game, but it was fun. Beautiful stadium. One of my favorite stadiums, like locations, and everyone was really kind. The food was really good. So, All right, what are you thinking? Top three in the NFC. I like your top three. I agree. I think Kansas, Cincinnati, Miami. Top three, three in the AFC. What are, NFC, I think, is maybe a little more clear-cut. We'll see. Yeah, NFC is easy at number one. It's It's definitely Philadelphia. Number two is 49ers, and number three is the Lions. Ooh, no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. Dan Campbell. Boy, they played well. Yeah. Boy, they played well last year. And I feel like if they would have gotten into the playoffs, they would have been that team that nobody wanted to face. Oh, yeah. Cowboys fans are going to hate this. Vikings fans are going to hate this. Giants fans also think they're going to be really good. Forget it. The, no, I don't no, see the, it. The Lions are going to have a, have a deep it. run. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds good. You know what? I think we should save the Nike segment and all the business takeaways for Thursday. Yeah. I'll go watch the movie. It's funny. I think we've had that on our itinerary for a schedule for like the last three weeks, but we haven't got to it yet. But we're going to get to it Thursday, guys. I promise we're going to get to it Thursday. And there are a lot of amazing takeaways from that movie that you can literally translate and implement directly into your business. So we'll talk about uh, some of those key takeaways because it's not by chance that Phil Knight you know, was able to build Nike from basically out of his car. He was selling track shoes out of his car in the 60s because he was a runner. And he, he ran, uh, I think, at uh, Oregon State, I want to say, uh, track. And, and he's kind of a long-distance runner. But uh, really great movie. So we're going to talk about that on Thursday. But a lot of good takeaways that you can use to implement in your business. You know, mindset's always part of it. Understanding money, becoming an expert as a business owner is important. And then, uh, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about this YouTube TV deal next next uh, podcast as well, because I was listening to this on NFL radio and it is causing an absolute shitstorm for satellite TV because all of the bars and restaurants and 
everyone that wants to air these games now has to get YouTube TV and YouTube TV already has this. And it's a prime example of if you don't adapt, you're going to get eliminated. And oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll spit some more that's stats. Very it's pretty, good. pretty insane. Very but good. YouTube TV is single-handedly going to be putting out all sorts of businesses. So, well, I'm excited because, uh, the other NFL Sunday ticket through direct, he was a pain in the ass. So yeah. awesome. I'm excited. All right, guys, we'll go figure. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll see you on Thursday. And, uh, you know, if you're getting value out of this, share it with other folks who are looking to get their money right, who are looking to get their mindset right, who want to be, uh, you know, challenged or pushed to understand a better way to grow a business and to live and to raise a family. If that's, uh, you know, share it, uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe. And if you have questions, put them in the comment section and we will answer those ideas for podcast topics. Let us know. Other than that, have yourself a wonderful Tuesday. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.